0: So, we're going to start off this episode a little different. If you listened to my last episode, I told you I'd be attending Nicole's wedding, but how I chose a plus one was a story in itself. I had an idea for a social experiment, so I used the internet for help. I know, the internet is a wild place, but sometimes good can come from it. About two months ago, I posted on Craigslist, Twitter, and Instagram asking for a plus one. The only catch was, I have to interview you for an episode. I got some interesting responses, but landed on Houston native Stephanie Bencion. Before we get to the wedding, let's get to know her. So in your own words, who is Stephanie Benzion?
1: I'm going to say Stephanie Benzion is a black woman creating
0: her happiness from scratch. But wait, there's so much more.
1: As a millennial, I don't subscribe to previous labels. So normally when you ask someone who they are, they tell you what they do. And i used to do that as well so stephanie bention is a communications creative she works in radio television and film she is in front of and behind the camera but that's not really who i am like who i am is this person that's trying to find happiness and it's not in your job it's not in your family it's literally within you and so I try to find those moments that make me happy and along the way I realize all these things have led up to my current happiness being at UT living in Vegas for four years working in marketing moving back to Houston working in oil and gas and everything I've done has led up to literally this moment of me talking to you
0: Aside from being an avid fan of Dr. Seuss, she was skipped up two grades. So in third grade, she was bullied, but learned an important lesson.
1: I had one friend when I was in elementary who I called my best friend, and some days she would say she wasn't my best friend because she knew it could make me cry. And being a child and being that young, you don't realize the effect it has on you when you're 29, getting ready to go on 30 on September 17th, shout out, happy birthday to me. Um, Yeah, you don't realize the effect it has on you When you place your happiness in somebody else's hands and it becomes a man or it becomes a job or it becomes if i get to go to the beyonce concert or none of that all that's great and those things can bring me happiness but that is not my happiness so it's yeah it's a process and as far as telling my mom she knew some stuff was going on But I feel like if she had known the full gambit, she would have came charging in, and that would have made things worse for me.
0: She matriculated through Ryan Middle School, and in 2004, when she was a student at Jackie Yates High School, she was getting ill and needed answers.
1: At the time that I was diagnosed, doctors didn't even believe you could have Crohn's and ulcerative colitis. They thought it was one or the other. And all we knew was that I kept getting sick, and it took my mama acting up for them to actually figure out what was wrong with me because nobody had answers. So I kept getting bounced around from doctor to doctor to doctor. And finally we found Dr. Garland Gossett in Houston. And he said, and my mama really acted up and she was like, I'm not leaving here until you figure out what's wrong with my baby. And Dr. Gossett was like, I'm gonna figure it out. And they figured out it was Crohn's finally, but back then there weren't a lot of treatments actually. So I started on medications and I was taking 17 pills a day. Some you had to take every 24 hours, some every two hours, some every six hours. And I was on bare rest because I was five, four, and 61 pounds. So it's basically nothing, right? Your dog probably weighs more than that. And um, taking all those pills, and I couldn't do anything. And I remember like crawling to the bathroom. I remember my mom dancing for me if I could finish like a whole packet of instant oatmeal. It was very serious and now I've had this for 14 years a little longer and I'm healthy it took me getting an ostomy which is a surgery where they cut out your intestines and reroute them and you guys can Google ostomy and figure out what that is but it took me getting an ostomy to get my health back and I thought it was gonna be the worst thing ever that happened and it really was one of the best things that's ever happened to me and I could say Crohn's is a bad thing but there are things that have happened to me and things that I've learned that I would not have gone through without this disease and I'm thankful
0: another lesson she had to learn finishing college when just about everyone is telling you to quit
1: the thing that sticks out in my mind is finishing college and without Crohn's I would have done it anyway but it made me realize I could literally do anything I set my mind to so at UT the greatest college of all time Um, First semester I was on the Dean's List and I was so proud of it. Every other semester I got sick in some form and it got to be my junior year and I was on like the student disability list so I had the handicap parking sticker and I would park in front of class hobble myself into class the teachers knew i was on disability so i could leave and go to the restroom as much as i needed to and then i would go back into class so basically i've missed the whole class because i'm back and forth to the restroom i would go back and sleep in my car until i had enough strength to make it back to my apartment and that was my entire existence for like a year and i didn't want to tell anybody and my roommate knew and she would just bring me gatorade and soup that was pretty much the only thing i could eat i was really bad off Everybody told me to quit. My mama said, oh no, you coming home. My counselor said, well, maybe you can go get well and then finish. My doctor said, definitely come home. My dad was the only person that was like, do you think you can finish? And I was like, daddy, probably not, but it don't matter what y'all talking about. I'm staying. I don't want to stop going to school because everybody I knew that stopped going to school never went back. And so I pushed really hard and that year I finished. And I graduated and I got better and I was so happy. But anything that happens to me, I'm like, you're not Crohn's disease though. I don't care if tomorrow somebody tried to attack me. If I could beat Crohn's disease, I can beat anything. Something attacking my body from the inside out, making my entire self foreign to me. I cannot control myself. I can't control my sickness or any of that, but If I could beat that, I could really do anything. I I truly believe that.
0: After graduation, she moved to Las Vegas, and four years later, it was back to Houston. In between those two stops, she had a few hospital visits, one requiring emergency surgery, but she pushed through. She explained what it's like possibly being minutes or even seconds away from death.
1: It is very slow. It is, I don't even know why I'm laughing, because it's not funny, but it's so slow every day. It's agonizing because you can't get up, you can't get any sleep, somebody's coming to check your vitals, somebody's coming to give you meds that you didn't ask for, and I'm very active in my care. So every person that walks in my room, don't talk to my mama, talk to me. You can still talk to her, but even though I'm younger, talk to me. I wanna know every medicine that's going in my body. Y'all not gonna have me coked out by the time I leave here. Um, So I was very active in my care, but it's tiring, and being faced with Death yourself, I have a very weird relationship with death. I don't feel like death is a bad thing. I think it is literally the next step. Going to funerals and stuff, I don't look at that, of course you're gonna be sad. Somebody's not with you anymore, and I haven't been to a, a ton of funerals, but I just have a different relationship with death now. I just honestly, I've written poems about it. I just feel like death was sitting next to me.
0: Even with all she's been through, she can look back on what she's accomplished and smile. But still, there's something always in the back of her mind.
1: Everything I want to do, I've done, which is very exciting. I have been a National Slam poet. That's one of the things I created was a space for myself on that team, the Houston VIP Slam team here in the city. I've I've gone to nationals with them twice. And um, the third year, I decided to take a step back. I used to have a YouTube show called The Steffi B Show, like this one, similar, just interviewing people about their lives. Um... I do websites now so if you need a website hit your girl up and I've done copywriting like if you had gone on the Monte Carlo website I wrote all the words on the website all that very corny copy that makes you want to come to the hotel that was me I just whatever I'm doing in the moment and sometimes I do so much I don't look back and that's one thing my dad always told me like write the stuff down that you're doing because I don't think you realize how much you do and I'll write down everything I did in a quarter I do this every three months I write down everything I did for the past three months and then I'm like damn you a boss like I like that kind of stuff to look back and realize that you've done way more than you realize and it pushes you forward Versus feeling like, oh, what have I done? Because it's, it's really the social media age. We look at things and then we forget what we just looked at. So I go back and I revisit.
0: Through her chronic illness and some unforgettable experiences, she's learned to cut through indecision and fear.
1: Because the reality about having a chronic illness and Crohn's disease and colitis are both chronic illnesses, they could come back at any point. So I'm always living knowing that at any point I could get sick. Sometimes I'm paranoid like, oh, is that a stomachache or is that Crohn's like literally is that my period starting or is that Crohn's like it's, it gets a little scary so I don't wake up every day with that thought. But when something happens that becomes an obstacle for me or that's adversity to me, that's when I have that thought so when something's really difficult, like even with men, men can be difficult. And I will look at a man and have this thought in my head like, oh, but you are not Crohn's disease. And it will snap me back to reality. So I know this is a choice also. You get to, let me tell you people something out there, okay? You get to choose. When you have a chronic illness or something befalls you that you cannot control, you gotta deal with that regardless. It doesn't matter what you were doing that will steal your your energy, it will sap your joy, it will sap your life from you very slowly. But if you worried about something that you can control, you have the power of choice. You get to wake up every day and choose and you feel like you're stuck in it because of society or because of expectation or because of whatever it is that's stopping you, man, That's why I said I'm building my happiness from scratch. No, I don't work in corporate America anymore. I'm happy about that. If I get a job in corporate America with the right company, I will be happy about that. People stay stuck in these dead-end jobs because they think they're supposed to. They stay stuck in relationships that are going nowhere because they feel like they don't have a choice. Let me tell you what's not having a choice. What's not having a choice is having to go to the bathroom in a public place. And I'm not saying go to the bathroom in a public restroom. No, I'm saying like having to go on the side of the road because you can't make it to the restroom. Like that's the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to me in life and I didn't have a choice. So if you have a choice, make the decision. What are you afraid of? I know what you're afraid of. Do it anyway. That's what I'm saying. I've been there before when you think you... Oh, I don't wanna ask that guy out. Oh, I don't wanna, girl, shut up. And I mean boys too, girl, shut up. Like, live your life.
0: She knows it's easier said than done, but when your happiness matters, she decided to put herself first.
1: Yes, and I wanna be realistic. I still have anxiety about some things. You're afraid of how things are gonna turn out, for sure. You don't know if you're making the right decision sometimes. You don't know what's on the other side, but as long as you have another side, as long as you're still breathing you can change things and i've done some very difficult things in my life like i've had conversations with my family where i'm like i don't like the way things are going i'ma step back from y'all for a minute when have you ever heard of that in a black family not ever but when i think about my happiness it seems selfish but i prioritize myself over everybody else because the thing about it is you give your life you give your service i've done so many things for people And at the end of it, you realize, well, where was I in the middle of this? And I guarantee you, if you don't do it, somebody else will. It will get figured out. So prioritize yourself and your happiness. Now, that don't mean walk around within reason, right? I would say don't walk around being mean and rude to people, but definitely put yourself first. I think that's important because when you put yourself first, guess what? It'll teach other people to put you first it's just the truth. I've lived it both ways. I've lived it with everybody else on a pedestal and I've lived it with myself being number one and I much prefer the latter.
0: And that is who I chose to be my plus one for Jackie and Nicole's wedding. And like everyone featured on the podcast, they have a heck of a story to tell. Coming up after the break, the wedding. Stay tuned. So picture this. You're out on the dance floor, and you decide to take a quick break and head to the restaurant. But before you can relieve yourself, you hear a song that sounds awfully familiar playing in the distance. So you decide to hold it in, and you rush back to the dance floor because you don't want to miss that pivotal moment in a song that gets the whole place rocking. Has that ever happened to you? <laughs> yeah, me neither. Okay, back to the episode. In a standing room-only venue, somehow we found seats up front. Right now, the bride and groom's family walks down the aisle, then the wedding party follows, and last but not least, their dog, Ace, made a stroll down the aisle, too. The officiant was humorous, but also professional. The ceremony is quick, but sweet and special. And before we knew it, we were all looking at Mr. and Mrs. Jackie Christian. While walking to the reception, I run into some friends, and we all sit down and get acquainted. While sitting down, we hear Purple Rain being played on the acoustic guitar, then this happens. Where were you when you found out when Prince died?
1: I don't remember, but I remember where I was when I found out Michael Jackson died.
0: That wasn't the question, but thank you anyway. (laughs) So,
1: Let me tell you why. Because I woke up and Michael Jackson was on my TV for like hours, and that year that TV got stolen out of my college (laughs) apartment, and that's that's why I remember.
0: Okay, so about Prince. Um, Prince is awesome. Um, That is correct Uh Um, I named my car after Prince Because I got it the day he died But also I have two names for my car Prince And the Prius formerly known as Prince So
1: Okay so let me ask you a question Did your Prince ever ride his bodyguards back?
0: No. Did you know
1: that about Prince? No. Look it up. There's. Oh wait,
0: I saw a video. You talking about the one. It was like a. It was a performance with like him, Michael Jackson, and I think James Brown. No. Okay.
1: Totally separate night, okay. and he jumped on his bodyguard's back and rode him like a horsey through the crowd. It was amazing.
0: I got one for you. Yes. Have you ever seen that performance where it was like VH1 Rock Honors, and they perform "My Guitar Gently Weeps." Well, "My Guitar Gently Weeps" and Prince kills his solo, he throws up the guitar, the guitar never comes down. <laughs> I believe you. I'm not joking with you. I totally I'll pull up you. the YouTube video right now. It never comes down. Where'd it
1: go? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea it's where it in went. the heavens. If I could be like any inanimate object, I would totally be Prince's guitar. Prince is the only man that could date me and you in a pair of high heels.
0: Prince could steal my girlfriend in high heels and I would not be mad.
1: It would be amazing. You would be so thankful. And your girlfriend would come back to you with a whole new set of skills.
0: You know what? Okay, we're going to stop that right there.
1: <laughs> I'm just letting you know, Apollonia got some skills. So does Vanity.
0: Confession. I want to go to Minneapolis just so I can baptize myself in the waters of Lake Minnetonka. Lake
1: Minnetonka. You I'm not joking
0: it. with you. I'm That's like a life goal.
1: That's a worthy trip, actually, and not to mention, Prince was excellent at basketball.
0: He really was.
1: And pancakes. (laughs) (laughs) You knew that was coming. You knew that was coming. I didn't. I
0: didn't see that one coming. But that was a good one. Yeah. By now, the bride and groom enter and have their first dance together as a married couple. After the father-daughter dance and mother-son dance, we ate, and as the DJ played Michael Jackson
1: favorite Michael Jackson song?
0: I'm going to go with Off the Wall.
1: Man in the Mirror.
0: I got to go with Thriller, but I got to go with the full Thriller movie experience. First of all, that wasn't the question. The question was song, not theater experience. So what's your you know favorite what? song?
1: I've listened to your podcast and you're not this aggressive with anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> I got, I got. I like a scream with Janet.
0: What's the question? Favorite Michael Jackson song? You can't put me on the spot like that. <laughs> <laughs> my, bad, my bad. So my bad. I was just trying to get you to answer your question. Do I have to conform to your standards? Oh, never that. No Do you, no. you? Lip food. No. More than welcome. When I was
1: little, I would jam out to black and white. OK. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Are we talking Mike or like the Jackson 5? Like, can I put Who's Loving You in there? That's a great
0: question. I
1: feel like either could be included. Okay.
0: Um, I got to go with Who's Loving You. First of all, Mike was like 12 years old talking about Who's Loving You. What
1: he close? Yeah, like, he was like super guy. Like
0: younger than that. No, he was like, Who's Loving You? Yeah. Mike, and even know what love is at 12 years old? so like a girl. Like, at 12 years old. Do you remember the line, I gave her my cookies? Is cookies what it takes to, like, love somebody? I gave her my cookies. Let me tell you something. When I give a man my cookies, I know. All right, we're going to stop here. And, uh, all right, good talk, good talk. After this conversation, there was a lot of dancing, laughs, more mosh pits than I can count, a lot of photos, and just an overall good time. The reception ends, and here's our thoughts on the entire experience.
1: First of all, thank you for calling me Miss Bention. I don't know why everybody does that, but I appreciate it. The wedding was amazing. Like, I'm trying not to curse right now. It was amazing. I really enjoyed your dusty pink and my gray. (laughs) We matched today, and the wedding was so much fun. Like, the ceremony was beautiful. I love that they had the family pray. For the couple, like, they didn't know that was going to happen, and it was really beautiful. And um, I really enjoyed the reception. We danced all night long. We were the only two people on the dance floor at first. Let me tell y'all, we tore it up, okay? We tore it up. <laughs> Please stop making N D J horn. <laughs> He's been doing that all night. I'll give you that. But it was really fun. It was a beautiful open bar. The food was delicious. I tried poke for the first time, and it was very good. I thought I was just going to eat pizza but that poke was on point. Thank you very much. Thank you Rich for inviting me.
0: No problem. Thanks for coming um, but also thank you for answering the call as well. Yeah. So uh, yeah, thank you. Um, anything else? Uh, the reception was a lot of fun. Uh, I can't remember if I've ever heard Travis Scott at a Ooh, reception. Yeah. But there's a lot of Travis Scott and it was really great. Travis
1: Scott. Yeah, they had a lot of Travis Scott. I haven't even listened to Astroworld yet but I felt the vibe in the room. And what I really appreciated was you were in the mosh pit, but not in the mosh pit at the same time. You were like, I'm going to participate, but not so much that I alienate my plus one. And so that was a lot of fun as well.
0: So what's wild is that Jackie hit me up before. He was like, hey, I need you to turn it up. But they were so turned. I didn't really need to be on 12, 13, 14, 15. They were good. I was a nice accessory. And you know what? I'm fine with that. Yeah. Um, I had fun with them, but I also had fun with my plus one. It was a good time
1: but clearly Jackie and Nicole really appreciate you like not only did they both come and spend time with you and talk about you and like introduce me as your plus one and it was really fun but both their parents did you notice that? Like both their parents were like, oh, I know you. You're the dodgeball guy. I've heard so many stories about you. And literally a bridesmaid took our picture and was like, oh, I know you. You're the dodgeball guy. And I'm like, oh, I'm with the dodgeball guy. <laughs> <laughs> like, I felt very special. I'm not athletic at all, but I will cheer for the dodgeball team. Also, let me just point out, I requested Will Smith for the dodgeball team for Maggie and Amanda and DJ Youngstreets played the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air theme song for us, and I oh, thought it was amazing. He
0: did give us a quick shout-out. I was wondering where that came from, so was, thank you. It was me. I Looking did, out. Yeah. All right, last Up top. High five. I, All right. I did that. Good talk. All right, well, uh, thank you. This was great. And... Uh, I think that's it for now I can actually- Ladies and gentlemen Stephanie Bencion If you'd like to reach out to Stephanie I'll have her info in the episode description a Special thanks to everyone who reached out But a special shout out to Amber Williams Josh Roberson Sean Knight DJ Youngstreets Maggie Brown Amanda and Sean Johnson And Nicole and Jackie Christian This episode would not have been possible without y'all it was a load of fun and a perfect way to close out the summer. Our music is by Mark Henry Beats, and our image is by Evan White. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at TPyMPod, on Instagram at the People you Meet Pod, where I also post some photos and videos, and the People You Meet Podcast on Facebook. If you like this episode or any others, be sure to leave a five star review and tell a friend. We can be found on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. I'm your host Richard White, and thank you for listening. Until next time, be safe and be great.